0: Hi everyone, my name is Katie Ho and welcome to The Gender Movement, an awesome platform where we, yes including you, share a series of talks with some of the incredible tourism professionals all over New Zealand, on their personal and career journeys, and best of all, challenge their honest takes on what is going on in the industries. So put on your jandals and let's join the movement behind the great mahi of Aotearoa tourism. Hi everyone, thank you for joining in the first ever episode of The Gender Movement. I'm so excited to have my first ever guest on the show, who's also a dream role model for me in New Zealand tourism industry, Matt Stanton. He's one of Auckland's leading senior project managers and currently a program director of Goa Tourism, an online service tool that provides co assistance, search hub to support tourism workforce during this challenging COVID time. So a little bit of a backstory. So I got to know Matt back in June 2020 while I was learning how to approach and network with others professionals in the industry as well on LinkedIn. So around that time I just heard about a company to Go with Tourism and personally reached out to them for further job search assistance. And as they have been extremely helpful and attentive, I decided to learn more about the leadership behind it. And that's when I get to know Matt and we had the first 20 minutes conversation on the phone, which was so insane. Because Matt blew me away with his eloquent talk and about the work he's been doing for the industry and his amazing positive personality. So now I can't wait for you guys to finally learn and more from Matt, because while I was editing this podcast, I couldn't help but finding more and more insightful lessons from Matt's story. So grab a pen and a note and just just jump right into that. So glad nice. to see you again, though.
1: So good to see you.
0: Yeah. So you're coming down to Wellington this week?
1: I am. Yeah, I land tonight, actually.
0: Oh, perfect.
1: So yeah. I'm down at the Tourism Industry Aotearoa Summit. So speak there tomorrow uh, and potentially meet the minister in the afternoon.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. That sounds like a a very hectic schedule. (laughs)
1: That's so good. We get used to it.
0: Yeah. Well, again, like, thank you so much for joining in for my podcast today. And I'm so excited to have you here and just being able to listen to your amazing career path and all the impacts you've been contributing to our tourism industry as well and now you have just released two very exciting projects called the itineraries and war of tourism. So yeah, that's very exciting and I would definitely love to hear you more from that.
1: Yeah, no, no, they're two exciting projects. You know, um, the itinerary uh, was uh, part of our COVID pivot plan. Um, so leading into before COVID, our goal was to do uh, networking sessions around New Zealand. Um, obviously, COVID hits early on um, this year. Uh, and for that reason, we had to to pivot and go, "Right, well, we're not going to be able to get out around the local community. So what could we do to make sure that we could still get to our local communities? but at the same time have a wider reach around New Zealand and potentially the world. And so that's why we came up with the itinerary which looks and feels like uh, the project on TV3, but it's totally tourism focused. And it's hosted by the wonderful Megan Alatini uh, and it's tips and tricks on you know, how to find work, how to cope in this current environment. We have industry panels, uh, we have educational panelists as well, which is really cool. So we bring education to life at the same time. And you know realistically our, our target market is for anyone who's been displaced, anyone who works in tourism or anyone who's looking at entering into tourism. And when I say tourism, I mean the nine sectors of tourism, which are so broad, Um, you know, hospitality, food and beverage, accommodation, space transport, activities, like the list goes on, retail. Um, So we wanted to make sure that we could capture any of them at the same time. Um, And then the reason why the second one that you just said that we just launched the world of tourism, uh, the world of tourism came about uh, in my head uh, when we first started developing Go With Tourism the end of 2018. And I had a dream to bring it to life last year, but of course time wasn't on our side. But the whole goal behind the world of tourism is basically people can't see career pathways in tourism that well. And that's because although there is a lateral pathway that you can see in life, in tourism, there's multiple linear pathways as well, other ways that you can go. So you've got your sorry, linear you've got your normal linear pathway, not lateral, you've got your normal linear pathway and then you've got your lateral pathways. So um, you know, people choose to go on your linear pathway, uh, and that looks pretty easy, but some people can't see that when it comes to tourism, so they can't see if I land here, where can I end up? So we built a tool that shows you uh, your linear pathway uh, and a career where you could start there, but it also shows at different steps at different roles where you could go laterally, and that goes connected into three or four different kinds of roles, uh, which is pretty exciting. So it's a brand new tool that we we, we launched only a few weeks ago. Uh, It's been getting amazing reviews so far, which has been pretty pretty exciting. Uh, But what's really cool is to see it being used in secondary school classrooms, uh, our obviously universities, our private tuition educators and ITOs around New Zealand. So I think it's changing it up. But also what's really cool is uh, people like the WTTC have been interested in it and the Global uh, Travel and Tourism Partnership has also been interested in it. So it's been kind of cool to see what we've launched um, amidst the COVID-19 pandemic
0: oh wow that's actually sounds so exciting and I'm so glad to hear all the positive reviews that you have because I might be one of those people that will definitely give you an excellent reviews for the world of tourism because from the moment I start to know about your companies it's been helping me a lot to navigate through what I want to do and what I want to pivot in my career and especially during this time so for someone like me and I'm sure for a lot of people as well so I just graduated from uni and I was sort of stuck in between these dimensions of not knowing when the industry will take off and if I could find this sort of optimisms like you and also your teams. And it's so exciting because I found of Tourism and it's so easy to navigate through it. And you can definitely see there's like other various aspects of jobs, career aspect that I somehow, I haven't figured it out as well. So for example, if it's also comes to like aviation, mechanical engineering and all that kind of stuff. It also belongs to tourism and you could figure out, okay, where do I go from that and stuff? So definitely it's been really helpful and also a big heads up to your team as well, because I saw- Oh, thanks. They
1: worked really hard, they worked really hard and you know there's currently 130 careers in there and then they link into other career pathways which then links into multiple different um, lateral pathways. So as you can imagine it's quite a big tool and it's a tool that we are wanting to continue to build. It's a tool that we had to pull information from obviously uh, HR people, companies, stuff on the internet. So it's a tool that we go it's as the best as it can be with the support that we've had to make it what it is today. Um, But it's a tool that will continue to grow. It's a tool that will continue to have things added to. And we hope one day it will become the Wikipedia, basically, of tourism careers for people to use. So uh, pretty excited to have it up and running.
0: Oh, wow. That's exciting. And so what's your target audience for that service tool? Is it just for young audiences or it's for everyone that wants to use? Yeah.
1: The target market is for everyone, but, you know, if I was to be really honest, you know, tourism, um, you know, as a career has real negative perceptions with parents and caregivers. So, you know, one, we want to break that with them. So that that's one spot. But also we want young people who are in schools who are, you know, studying towards tourism or aren't studying towards tourism to have a tool that can help guide them to where they can and obviously have a conversation with their parent and caregiver at home to go, hey, actually, this is where I could head up just because I start out as a waiter or I start out as an assistant or a marketing exec doesn't mean that I'm a drop kick and I'm going to be paid low paid it actually means that's my starting point and I'll end up there I think it's bordering people's horizons to what actually happens and I think if we look at when you become a lawyer or all those kind of stuff the pay at the start is not great either and you do have an entry point and the entry point will then lead you somewhere else and I think unfortunately in tourism we've had bad rap for not ever having that career progression and the one thing we want to do here at Go With Tourism is show that there are endless careers in tourism, there are amazing pathways to be had, but you've just got to see them and we've got to encourage parents and caregivers to see them as well, but also our employers out in the industry to make sure that they're building the right pathways for their individuals that are working for them. We do the end of the year class, which is all about, right, let's figure out where you want to go, so they do a right fit quiz, yes, no questions to figure out. You know three pathways that they could explore based on their personality type which then leads them into the world of tourism to explore what they could look like starting from here going to there and then we start looking at right do we get you into our pledge placement program where we put you out into industry and get you an internship or a volunteership or do we put you into employment uh, because we have many jobs or do we put you into education because you want to further that or are you still not sure about what you wanna do? Do we connect you into our Password to the World program, which we deliver in partnership with the Global Travel and Tourism Partnership, and we put you through that for free for you to understand what tourism has on offer to hopefully then make sure that you make the right decision on, do I study it, do I go and work it, or do I do a placement? So we're trying to put as much support around it as possible. At the same time, we've just partnered with the Tourism Educators Forum Aotearoa, and we've actually just launched our Broaden Horizon TV campaigns. And they are targeted at parents and caregivers, career advisors uh, and senior management at secondary schools who don't look at tourism the way that we do, which is amazing career pathways and all that kind of stuff. We're trying to put the positive spin on it. So it starts off um, with, you know, a young, uh, you know, person with their with their caregiver uh, either at a restaurant um, saying how they would love to work here obviously the parent responds with oh look i think this would be a great job part-time but i actually always thought you've got great leadership skills and i thought you could be an amazing lawyer and then of course the the waiter who actually just so happens to be the general manager overhears and snips in and says hey actually i've had an amazing career and then it shows her career pathway and then basically has a real cool punchy um, line at the end which basically says hey you need to change your mind on this because tourism is actually a really good place to work. So we've done three of them at the moment. So there's one that was shot at Mudbrick, one shot up at the landing for accommodation and one shot with AJ Hackett. That's just the start of the campaigns. They will come out at the end of this month. uh, And our goal was really to start breaking down the stigma with parents and caregivers and senior management at school and obviously those, because we need to support our amazing educators, but also we need to start feeding the funnel now um, you know, we have 400 jobs currently on our job search hub um, and just near 90% of them now are in tourism and hospitality. And we are struggling to get Kiwis into those roles, um, and there's multiple reasons why we struggle to get them in there. But one of them is the stigma that tourism has, and some of these jobs are paying really, really well, um, but people have the stigma that there is no career progression or it's not a great thing to to work. So we're trying to assist with that to make sure we can get you know Kiwis, and when I say Kiwis, anyone who is uh, eligible to work in New Zealand or be here in New Zealand, I class as a Kiwi they have the right to work in tourism. So we want to capture them and get them in. We went in this with a school shortage of 35 to 40,000. We're now probably gonna end up in a worse position. We're heavily relying on migrant workers. A lot of them have had to go home with the new visa restrictions in place. We can now no longer get them like we used to. So therefore we need Kiwis uh, to go into these roles. And we're seeing coming up to the summer period that people like Waiheke Island and Auckland, Queenstown, people up Northlands, Rotorua and Taupo are really struggling to get their seasonal workers because there is no migrant workers, but Kiwis won't do them. So we're trying to support that to make sure we feed the funnel and at the same time as doing that we're up against things like TSEs announced that they're looking at doing fund cutting to some of our education providers around New Zealand, some by 20%, some by 25, some by 30, some up to 40%. And you know, if you go up to that 40% number, you're looking at 200 students next year who potentially couldn't study tourism, which means that's 200 less students that we would have as a qualified student to enter in in 2022, when we're probably needing more people to come out and go into it. So we have a lot of challenges ahead of us. I understand why all the people are making their decisions we're operating in times that we've never operated before we're making decisions based on the numbers that we have in front of us but i'm a strong believer that i think we're probably going to end up in a worse position a worse skill shortage if we continue to go on the place that we are you know we've lost many tourism workers we need to retain them as much as possible and bring them back in there's a real risk that we won't. but at the same time we have got to make sure that we broaden people's horizons make sure that we get parents and caregivers on the side of you know yes my young person should look at this but also support our educators to making sure that they have the right passages and pathways and access to things that they need to make sure that we can support our young people through so we have a real big mission ahead of us um and you know i'm hoping we can we can do a little bit more of that but you know let's see what happens in the next wee while
0: i really admire the way that you see everything as a well-rounded perspective because for me when I enter tourism as well. The things that the obstacle that I face along the way is from convincing my families and not receiving enough educations and introduction about tourism in my high school or middle school. And when I enter uni, the way that I learned tourism, it became very theoretical. And the students couldn't find the incentives or the motivation or meanings in terms of the career progressions in the industries. So for the work that you're doing, it's hitting the spot just right there. And yeah, I super admire that. But after listening to all of that, I keep wondering, where's what's your motivations from all of this? Like what trigger you into creating all of these exciting projects? Let's talk about you. Like
1: Yeah, um, so I'm always that kid that got told at school you can't do something um, or you're not good enough. Um, So for me, secondary school was never a great place. Uh, One, I was bullied severely, but also I didn't have the support from the education system. So I was brought up in Invercargill and at the age of 15, I decided to talk to my parents about leaving school, a pretty brave thing to do. Um, And my parents agreed uh, that I could leave school on two, two conditions. Uh, one, I got a job, um, and two, I had, to, I had to study somewhere else. Now, as a 15-year-old, that's really hard to go around some, you know, education providers, and, and, and this is in 2000, by the way, and go around and going, hi, look, um, I would like to come study for you, but I'm only 15. Um, so that was pretty hard, but I had a passion um, for film and TV um back then like this strong strong passion like i wanted to be the next you know peter jackson in my mind that's that's what i wanted to be so i managed to find a course that was about to start the southern institute of technology and i found the tutor um and this is me like i've always just been a little bit of a hustler so <laughs> found the tutor and i decided that i would set up a meeting with the tutor uh talk her through that i was just about to turn 16 and that I would like to come study with her. Now, I saw in all the qualifications and everything that you had to be 18 to get into the course, but I also knew that she was short people and that she needed people to come into the course to make it work, because it was the first time. So I used that to my advantage and convinced two of my other friends to come in and do the course, uh, who are older than me, they're 18, um, and amazingly, I got in. So that's where my, my life started at 15. So I did an AS certificate in film and TV. I got a job as well. So at the same time, I became a baker's assistant at Woolworths on $6.72, I think it was now. hour. Um, so I worked that part time. And then that's sort of where my life started going you know um and from there at the end of that year i Mm. knew where i wanted to go which was new zealand broadcasting school but i knew there was just no way in how i was going to get in without any form of higher education so i went and did the next step at sit which was a diploma in electronic multimedia um so i went and did that um did really well out of 30 in our class it was a brand new um course only four of us graduated with the diploma um, and then I managed to apply for New Zealand Broadcasting School, uh, and everyone said to me, there's just no way you're going to get in because you don't have uh, your high school quals. and I, my reading and writing was never good, but no one could ever figure out why. They, everyone just thought, ah, oh, it's because he left school early, um, but amazingly, I applied for New Zealand Broadcasting School, I got in. And in my first year, I was really struggling in the exams. I was like an A student in everything else, but in the exams, I really really struggled. And New Zealand Broadcasting School was looking at pulling me out of Broadcasting School because they, you know, they've got strong standards and everyone passes or you 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 leave basically. Um, and they'll probably hate me for saying that, but they do have very strong standards, and they should because that's that's what it means. So at the end of that year. Um, I was doing pretty bad in exams, this guy um, who was actually the originator of New Zealand Broadcasting School said, there's something not right with Matt. Like he, he's he's he got it in his head, but something's not right. And he asked me to go into his office and he asked some of the questions in the exams. And I was able to turn around and tell him all the answers. And he was like, what the hell is going on here? Like he knows all the answers, but for some reason when he's in exams, he doesn't. So he actually paid uh, with my other tutor out of their own pocket for me to be tested for dyslexia. And suffice, I was severely dyslexic. So it meant then I got all the different additional support wrapped around me, um, which also goes in my advantage because dyslexic people are very creative. So it actually made me go, oh, this is why I love musical theatre, this is why I love singing, this is why I love movies. So, anyhow, I finished my uh, degree. Um, and whilst I was finishing my degree, the final end of year project, you get to do like a really big thing. And I managed to convince New Zealand Broadcasting School to allow me and three other students. Uh, who are very close friends uh, to do the making of Coca-Cola Christmas in the Park, a documentary, and we convinced Coca-Cola to give us like thirty thousand dollars, and we convinced TV3 to put it on air, um, and that was my final end of year project, which basically was probably the best CV you could possibly have, and then I got to go and work for Sticky TV Direct as as a director, um, which was amazing. So I started doing TV, and I came straight out into what I wanted to do because. I hustled hard um, and then it got to the end of that and I ended up falling in, dare I say, into being a secondary school teacher, um, so I did my postgraduate and secondary school teaching and whilst I was doing that, my friend asked me to go for an interview with her in New Zealand, so to be her support person and I went in and she went in through her you know, the interview and the lady outside could see that I was just really intrigued at hearing everyone's story who was going in for an interview. Like I was just talking to everyone because I had nothing to lose. I wasn't there for an interview. And she said, oh, you, sh- you should go in. You should go on into an interview. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I, don- I don't want to be a trolley dolly, like it's definitely not my thing. And she goes, no, just go in, just go in. And so anyhow, I went in and I watched the video that they had, which was about a day in the life of a flight attendant. And I turned to the lady and I said, I need to get a job here. Like, I have to get a job here. I need to be a flight attendant. And she's like, I thought you said you didn't want it. Like, you never thought of it. And I was like, no, after seeing that, I need to be a flight attendant. Uh, So anyhow, I walked through and I ended up getting a job within New Zealand. Worked with them for a year as a uh, trans-Tasman flight attendant working on Freedom Air and in New Zealand. Then I applied for the International Airline Concierge role, which was a brand new initiative. I did that for two years, flying all around North America then i thought i was ready to retire from flying to go back to tv i went back to tv uh, i did the road to Ellerslie. Uh, i did motorsports i did tux dog trials science on farm uh, and then the recession hit <laughs> so went and worked at mcdonald's um just because you need money um and that's the kind of guy i am i'm just like oh, i'm not going to go on the dole, so i'm just i'm going to go and do something so when and worked at mcdonald's whilst working there i got offered a job on a cruise ship did that for six months. Uh, did not like that Joel would never do it again, but take my hat off to anyone who works on a cruise ship. It just wasn't for me. Um, it was hard, hard work, but um, also just didn't enjoy the style of work that I was doing. Um, and then I came back, started back flying, but this time with Pacific Blue, and I helped do the changeover from Pacific Blue to Virgin Australia. I wrote the service flow for New Zealand. I had an amazing time. And then after four years of being a cabin supervisor and a trainer with them, I ended up going and working on a private jet. And I did that for four years, just looking after a very wealthy husband and wife. Um, And I always said that I would retire from flying when I was 30. So that was always the goal, 30, I will retire. Um, So I started talking about it and everyone was nervous because obviously my old boss that I worked on the private jet, you become family, so he was like, I don't want you to leave. Um, But I managed to get my best friend, Leah, managed to convince me to come and do a small contract whilst I was on a holiday uh, to Auckland Tourism Events and Economic Development, running an entrepreneurship program called the Young Enterprise Scheme as the regional coordinator because they, the person who went there ended up leaving very abruptly and they needed someone to come in in place. And on the first day of me sitting there on, in an office, which was very foreign to me, doing a role that I had no idea about entrepreneurship, well, I thought I didn't, um, I decided that I was going to leave my life as a private flight attendant and I was going to come to government and I was going to start working as an Entrepreneurship Coordinator for Young Enterprise Game. So I did that for two years. And in my second year, I was very privileged to go to San Francisco with 10 students. And I went to the Renaissance Leadership Group, and I met an amazing leader there who trains people like Mark Zuckerberg and all those. And he was talking to all the students, and he just stopped. And he looked at me and he said, I challenge you to start your own business, and I want you to do it before next year. So I came back to New Zealand, resigned, started my own business called Identity Consulting. Um, got hired by the chamber to run the new years because they had taken over the contract as a regional manager, Uh, ran a job fest, uh, Young at Heart awards, uh, multiple uh, youth programs for the Ministry of Youth Development. I started my own incubator for young students or young people who lived on the streets uh, out in South Auckland. I did that for a year. And at the end of that year, uh, ATEG came to me and asked me to look at their tourism skills campaign, which at that stage was the research behind what made Go With Tourism Um, and from taking it on from there we developed Go With Tourism with the help of a lot of other people um, because this has been an idea that needed to get developed for a very long time and it's been in the making for about five years so I took it over and I helped breathe the rest of the air into it it. Um, and then that brings me to where I am today and you know that's kind of my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god that is such a long journey, holy hell. Yeah,
1: and this and, and the funny thing is, is these little things in between all of, all of that story that I did as well, you know. Um, so for me, I believe you get an opportunity in life to do amazing things. And I think I'm like a Gen Z generation, although I'm 35. Um, I've been able to swap careers. I've been able to do what I want and I've always followed my heart I've never chosen what is uh, best pay or what's going to give me the biggest kudos. I've always chosen what's best for me. So I'm kind of known for coming in and doing my thing for you know three years and then going, or um, it seems to be my, my sweet spot is three years and then I move on to something new. Um, but I think that's what keeps me the way that I am and energized like I'm like the energizer bunny.
0: Yeah. That's definitely so true, because I can see it, I can definitely see myself through you as well, just you work hard and you're also a very strategic person, so because that's why you're able to handle a lot of projects at the same time, but also you're the one who also listens to your instinct as well, like the heart tells you what you want to do, and you you're the true millennials gen z like 4.0 oh, definitely because <laughs> your career is so project based but it sounds very exciting and now working in go with and you managed to have all of your transferable skills your tv persona and everything combined into one. that must have felt so exciting for you
1: yeah it's been pretty cool to create with the team what we've got here and, and and that's probably the the most important thing is you know, when we were building Go With Tourism's team, and that's with, you know, my operations manager, Will, who I very much see as like my business partner in life, Um, we wanted to create something really unique and different. And so although we had job descriptions and all those kind of things that you have to do legally, we knew what we wanted and we knew the kind of people that we wanted. And we don't measure on how many hours you do, we measure on your output. And we have a very good team morale. we have fun, we joke, we love, Laugh. We do things really differently. Um, (laughs) uh, That in the background, was I'm saying that my event producer's waving. Um, But everyone manages their own thing, and there's full autonomy for everyone to do what they want to do and how they want to do it. And so we wouldn't be as successful as we are today if it wasn't for the team and what they do. You know, if I look at every single person who came in here, the whole goal behind who we hired was that they got a chance to finally be. Uh, what they want to be and and realize their full, you know, true potential. So like Simone, uh, for example, who was the one waving when I said that as our event producer, she had been a uh, production um, person with ATED for a very long time, but she had every single every single ounce of event producer in her to be an event producer and she actually was an event producer but unfortunately within the structure there was no way for her to to move up so she got to come over here and become an event producer and move straight into that but now you know her eyes are open to all the other things if I look at Helen who's our marketing and comms manager um, she was a marketing executive and really couldn't see another way to to work up so she came here and she's totally revolutionized the way that we do marketing and comms and uh, the amazing journal Context. Um, Liz, who came over to us from uh, the Auckland Convention Bureau at ATEED, um, she was a business development executive for them and she'd never seen herself as a business development manager. Um, so we tricked her, and we hired her as a BDE and two months later she was a business development manager um, because we saw what she could be. Um, will operations manager um you know he came from student startup niche uh, and i remember when i first met him and this was before i even started go with tourism and moved over here i said to his ceo i will steal him one day because i saw this young very very talented person who wasn't actually getting to do everything that he was fully capable of and no one was pushing him so i got to do that and i suppose for me The reason I do what I do with our people, and and trust me there's more than we only have 11 in our team, but everyone is incredible, was So many people had done that for me in my life, so I felt like it was my time to give back To make sure everyone could do that, but also to make with Tourism successful. It didn't hinge just on me being me, it hinged on Every single one of the 11 team members being really good at what they did and they do that every day and every day I'm proud of what the team achieves. You know, you say the world of tourism, the world of tourism would not have been done without our four amazing regional coordinators, our amazing production coordinator, um, our amazing, uh, you know, Simone, event producer and, and, and Will, like that stuff just wouldn't come off. And then, you know, we've got the digital content stuff that we push out every week, like pretty crazy to see all the stuff we do with 11 team members uh pumping out a half an hour show every single week and still doing all the other stuff we're a little crazy at times but we all do it with a smile on our face and we absolutely love why we're doing it and obviously helping over you know 1500 people into employment that helps us knowing that we've visited so many schools um so that's the driver behind everything and there's a quote that i love which actually comes from kung fu panda dare i say it the movie but you know master shifu in there says if you only do what you can do you'll never be more than you are so i i live by that so if i only am doing what i know i can do um then i know i need to push myself more because i can be more than that um so you know i kind of live by that and what's cool is the team kind of lives by that as well
0: Oh, wow. Thank you so much for your share about that because I truly appreciate because from the moment I saw your team at the market and I got also got a chance to talk to Will as well. And I can say how incredible the team members are and it really drives me forward as well. Every time I talk to you or every encounter I see with Go With Tourism, it really triggers a part of inside me that... I really want to do something more for the industry as well. And I'm one of those individuals that really looks forward to other people, you know, like, oh, oh, my God, there's literally there's this community that I can definitely follow through and live on myself as well. So even through this really tough times, having someone like your company, your team and the work that you're doing by your side, I have felt this that this very comforting feelings inside of me so really thank you for that
1: so yeah thank you and also thank you for your support like um i remember getting connected into you by jason hill from tourism talent saying you must meet this girl and i was like actually i've met her before she she reached out to me on linkedin um (laughs) and you know getting to meet you at the girls tourism expos this year was incredible um you know bringing that stuff to life and, and hearing you speak about what the team do makes me very happy um because that's what we live and breathe um so thank you
0: yeah no worries but for your i think you have encountered the startup journey at a pretty i would say in the mid-20s in your times but how does that feel you? have you ever encountered any failures as a startup and have you experienced any difficulty and how you got through it
1: like- yeah look you, you know i think we're so lucky because girl With Tourism always has an amazing story to share as a success story um that they're having many failures um many things that haven't worked out many things we've had to pivot on many things we've had to change but if I look at my life starting up a business um you know becoming a manager at a very young age entering into tv at a very young age um always there's been different things that you know and people hate using the word failure I love the word fail. I think fail is a very 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 good word uh the reason I like fail is it means first attempt in learning you've given it a go so it's like yeah cool sweet take that box well done um so i've i've, I've experienced a little bit of failure um i've experienced a little bit of learning to be more uh, accepting of things um so things don't always move as fast as i want them to um so you know i think fail is good um, it teaches you how to be resilient, but it also teaches you to think differently. So I always try and change the narrative again when something gets said, no, you can't do that. I also look at it as no as next opportunity. So I love getting told no. I love a door getting closed in my face because I'm like, right, what's the next opportunity with this? So the goal is always, how can I come back to that individual and change their mind at a later day? Or how can I partner with them? That means we can bring both of our stuff to you know, to, to life. So I always try my best to do that. It doesn't always necessarily mean it happens. Um, But yeah, no, it's, there's definitely been some fails in life, you know, Um leaving TV the second time uh, in the global financial crisis. I chose to do that because I had to let go of all my team um, and make them redundant, but I didn't want to keep myself there without them so i actually let myself go at the same time which probably wasn't a great idea because i could have probably still worked and had good money but instead i had to go work at mcdonald's but for my heart i knew it was the right thing
0: oh wow that is so cool because yeah because one the moment that i just heard throughout your whole journey and then there's this mcdonald's Um, like a short period of time there, I was like, how was that? Um, How did you overcome that? Did you have the sort of egos inside of you that saying, oh, I could do more than that, but why did I end up in McDonald's? But it should be fine. I can do this. Did you have any frustration inside of you? Because I always see you as a very happy, bubbly person. Have have you ever trained yourself to be more emotionally resilient? Because
1: I I think.
0: Probably,
1: so first of all, yeah, there was big challenges with me going to McDonald's. Uh, I'd been basically at the top of my game in the directing world and producing world and TV. Yeah. And I couldn't find anything out there in TV. And I didn't want to go into secondary school teaching. And the only thing that came up was this operations manager at McDonald's. And I was like, oh, wow, well, I could give that a go. And then I, I you know, I went and... I did an interview in the law where we're actually looking for store managers, trainees, and and then they said the salary and I just about fell off my seat because I thought I probably could just about earn more being on the dole. Um, And I was like, no, suck it up, Princess, just do it, it's a job, you know, you can still support yourself. Um, I had to sell my car, I had to like all sorts of things to make it work. And there were moments where I remember I was on the drive-thru once and one of the TV presenters that I used to work with came through and I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? And I'm like, well, it's a job and I'm trying to survive. And they were kind of nice, but kind of also sucky at the same time. Um, so, you know, that sucks, but I used to always just go, look, you're doing it for the right reasons. You know why you're doing it, you're doing it to survive. And, you know, there's many other stories like that, like, when I was studying to be a secondary school teacher, I went back and worked at Kmart. um, And I hadn't worked at Kmart since I did my degree in Christchurch. Um, So I, I got in touch with my old store manager and said, hey, any chance that you got a job, in Auckland that I'm studying, but I need a little bit more extra cash. Uh, and luckily he liked me, so he brought me back into Kmart. And I remember still being at Kmart and I'd been directing sticky TV and stuff the year before, going, what the hell am I doing with my life? Like, why am I here? But I remember while well, you're studying, you're getting a qualification, you're doing it and you're happy and you've got food on the table. So that's all that matters. Um, so I think for me, that probably all stemmed from the fact of, you know, growing up in Invercargill as a gay man, Was not an easy thing, although I didn't say that until I was like 21. Um, School for me wasn't great. So I was very, very, very badly bullied and, you know, and and into the fact of like got picked on, got beat the shit out of, got all sorts of horrible stories. But that made me the person I was. It made me more resilient. It made me prove to people that I was more than what they used to call me as names. And what's so cool is. Um, you know, you don't forget what's happened, but you forgive. And moving on now, and I go down to the Chicago and I see those people who used to be bullies. And we're really good friends now and we talk and we laugh it off. And, you know, it's it's the side that probably allowed me to be what I am today. Um, so I wouldn't have changed it for the world. Was it how at the time? Yes. Would I want to relive it again? No, but I wouldn't change it because it's made me who I am
0: yeah I really appreciate your approach of life and it's been so amazing how you overturned all the bullies and all the negative experiences into what you are today and it's so valuable because I think that's definitely a lesson for a lot of young people nowadays that during this time of crisis and you're kind of stuck in between and you have to sort of like have to go out there and have to do whatever you have to take to in order to survive literally financially as well so especially for someone who lives away from my parents like me and and, um, over a a whole year of um, you know just figuring out what I want to do in the industry it taught me a lot of lessons and also especially for being emotionally and yeah resilient towards everything that comes at me in life so Yeah, thank you so much, Matt, for your story. It's really- No,
1: it's good to hear your story as well, because I think, you know, for someone who's chosen to call New Zealand home, studied here, has invested a lot of time, money, but also emotional time into making New Zealand home. You know, you finish and you graduate studying like you have, and now you're in that position of what do I do next? How do I survive? I'm so far away from my family. My support system's not there. You show resilience just as much as anyone else. So you should be really proud of what you've done uh, and how you're operating and how you continue to operate and i'm sure just like me you know you look at the bank balance you go right i need to go out, and i just need to do a job i'm gonna get there i'm (laughs) just gonna do something you know um so i think you're doing an incredible job and i think i always say it wherever i talk um you know 2020 is the year of survival Um, and 2021 is about surviving with what you want to do next. Um, So I think, you know, we've got some challenging times ahead of us, but if you can survive and you can get through, uh, one, you'll be the better resilient person that you possibly can, but it also means that when you go to that next job, which will will be your dream job, and I know you're going to do big things, Katie, I just know it, um, you know, you're going to have the, the, the hardest skin slash really just to do stuff, pivot in the moments, you know, notice. And I think this will have some real positives to it coming from this pandemic. I think people will operate a lot differently in the years to come. And I think that's exciting to see what, what what's going to be next with the young minds like yours.
0: Thank you so much, Matt, for your time. Oh, no, thank you, guys. I know. It's so, it's so exciting for me because I got to hear a lot more about your personal story as well, coming from intercarvals and getting up to this day and sitting with your team today in Auckland and doing the things that you love. is actually a very amazing journey for you as well. So, yeah, really appreciate Thank you. It's that. good
1: to talk to you as well. You know, this, yeah. is, this is really cool that you're capturing it this way because this is the start of your journey. You know what I mean? Like you finished yeah. university, you have the hustle and the passion that's going to drive you to do what you want next and I look forward to seeing how you go so you know keep in touch with us as well
0: no worries thank you so much Matt have a great day today as well thank, thank you. you you take care bye yeah. Bye, Matt. thanks for joining me for this episode of the gender movement you can always catch us on iTunes and Spotify. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn. I'm on the pool of amazing tourism professional community. And if you like this, don't forget to share and spread the word on your social media. My name is Katie Ho, and I'll see you next time. Bye!